As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 59, brought to you by PrepDish and RX Bar. For your free two-week trial, go to PrepDish.com forward slash lovely. And for 25% off your first order of RX Bars, you can go to RxBar.com slash lovely and enter the code lovely. Cultivating the Lovely with me, Mackenzie Monroe from CultivatingTheLovely.com and Bold Turquoise across all social media, along with Erin Odom from TheHumbledHomemaker.com. And today we're going to talk about how to make staying home with your kids a reality. Or even ways to help your income or to help with your budget if you're already at home with your kids and you need a little bit of extra help. So Erin happens to have a beautiful new book coming out on this topic this month, right? Yes, April the 10th. My new book, You Can Stay Home With Your Kids, 100 Tips, Tricks, and Ways to Make It Work on a Budget comes out. I am so excited. It is a truly beautiful book. It's truly, truly beautiful. Yes, it's it's gorgeous. And I'm not saying that for me because I had nothing to do with it except (laughs) for the words inside of it. As, As far as, you know, like we were talking before we started, the designer nailed it. Like they nailed the cover. And it was actually a he, which I was oh, really surprised. I'm, it's a very yes. It's a very feminine cover, um, like with a mama bird and some little baby birds yes. and just pretty font. And really, it's, you know, my heart is to encourage moms, whether they're staying at home or working or whatever, whatever they're doing. But I, I feel like that cover conveys it so well. Yes. And it's a hardcover book and it's got pretty glossy pages. And so I just, my prayer is that whoever it gets into the hands of, that they will just be truly encouraged and the, just the beauty of it will help them to see what a beautiful mom that they are. Oh, well, yeah, I think it's just, it's a definite blessing book. And it's, it's so nice when you have a book that just feels good in your hands and looks pretty and then gives you really good information too. That just kind of takes it over the top. And dang, a hundred tips and tricks. You, you really went for it. (laughs) It's really funny. So this is like an insider secret. They actually came up with that book for me. So they said the, my first book, more than just making it, um, I wrote a book proposal with an agent and all that. And the second book, Basically, when we were going through the book writing process and the contract, they came back and they said, yes, we want you to write that book, but we also want you to write this book and it'll be a hundred tips. And so can you, can you do that? And I got to thinking and I was like, yeah, I actually think that I can because Mackenzie, I grew up in a really frugal home. So my house was, it was, I would say upper middle class. My dad had a really good job, corporate America. My mom stayed at home 
but they had um, we we never were in want, but they still cultivated frugality mm-hmm. because they had grown up um, on the poorer side. And yeah. so I have all these frugal living tips that are just really ingrained in me. It's not something that I learned from blogs or anything yeah. else growing up. Yeah. I, I mean, when I grew up, I just grew up with this stuff. But then part of the book too is something I didn't grow up that I did learn as an adult. And that was how to create income from home, mm-hmm. which is something that both of us do. And I yeah. think a lot of the listeners of the show do as well, or they want to do. And that's something that I didn't grow up knowing because my mom was a full-time stay-at-home mom who never made an income from home. So that was something that I had to learn and I'm excited to share with other moms how they can do that too. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, even for me coming from the now single mom perspective, you know, that's, that definitely weighs a lot more on my shoulders now than it ever has before. And so it's really, I think though that I am doing it, I'm making it work, staying at home with my kids, you know, even though I'm the only income provider. And so I think there's hope in that and it's possible in our day and age more than it ever has been before. Thanks to Mm -hmm. the internet. Absolutely. I think that we live in a really exciting time and there are dangers of the internet and dangers, you know, not even like porn and stuff that our kids could stumble upon, which is awful. Yeah. Um, but then there's also dangers of it sucking our lives away and yeah. us not being intentional with it and us spending all day on Facebook and not spending time with our kids. But then there's so many beautiful things about the internet, you know, being able to share Christ with people we would never meet and being able to create that income without leaving home. And one yep. thing that I want to differentiate with, um, with this book. One thing I'm a little worried about is that moms will see it. And if they are a work at home mom, or if they're a work outside the mom home mom, they will feel, um, maybe shamed. And that's the exact opposite of what I want them to feel. What I want this book to be is if you dream of staying at home, here's some ways that you can do it. Or if you're staying at home and you feel really stretched right now, financially, here's some ways to give you some breathing room. And also, um, you know, you and I, we are both achieving that dream of staying at home with our kids, but we aren't, um, that stereotypical full-time stay at home mom. Yeah. We we're working home moms, really we're working home moms. And so we are staying home with our kids, but we're working and there's, that's totally possible to do both. Yeah. And it's important to to realize what the differences look like for that so that you you also don't just totally burn yourself out because Mm -hmm. you have to acknowledge that you are working from home and it's not your home is not going to look the same way (laughs) as someone who is just a stay at home mom. I'm not saying being just a stay at home mom is a bad thing. I think if you love that and that's your calling and you don't need to do anything more and then go you. For me, that, I mean, even before I was on my own, I I did love it and I did feel it was my calling, but I also, I just have that kind of mind that's always going a thousand other places. You know, we've both talked about, we've always got these ideas and, you know, we've got that visionary mindset of what we could be doing. And so for me, just for my mental stability, it was always good to have a little something else that I was also focusing on. I think it helped me to be a better mom because I wasn't just getting frustrated by mm-hmm. just just being mired down in the diapers and the cooking. And, you know, those are honorable tasks. But if I had just been doing that, I think I would have, you know, we, we hear all the time like, oh, I lost myself in motherhood. 
And I think mm-hmm. there there is a certain amount of, you know, like, our kids, we do need to devo- devote ourselves to them when they're little, but they aren't always going to be little. And keeping a little bit of ourselves to remember who we are and what we can do when they are more grown is is valid and it's not a bad thing. I've even heard Sally Clarkson talk about that. So I can I can feel like not like a bad mom when I say <laughs> that, you know. I totally agree with you, Mackenzie, but I think it is one of those things where we we can be as a culture so overcome with mom guilt mm-hmm. that we we do feel bad if we're doing anything else. And yeah. it's interesting because I've really wrestled with this a lot because almost the entire time I've been home and I've been home with my kids since 2009. So basically I worked full-time outside the house for most of my oldest daughter's first year. So I've been home for, um, like eight years now. And that whole time though, I've always had some way I was making money from home. Mm -hmm. Like I talk about in my, my first book more than just making it. And I also talk about it a little bit in this book. Um, we were living on a low income, you know, and I had to, well, then it got to the point where, um, you know, I was talking to my mentor about this, probably in more than one conversation and just about, well, I have to do this. And she said, Aaron, think about this. I think that you're saying that, but I think that you would know what to do with yourself if you weren't doing all this. God has uniquely gifted you this way. And it was really like I had to get to that point of owning it. Yes. Just really owning how God had made me and gifted me and the passions he had given me. And I just, I look at you and how you're able to podcast and do voiceover work. And it's, it's stuff that God has been cultivating in you since you were a little girl. And the same thing with me with yeah. writing, yeah. you know, and you love writing too, but just yeah. like, I have always loved to write. And when I, I majored in journalism in college in the very back of my head, I thought it would be cool if I ever get married and if I ever have kids to have some kind of skill that I could make money from home. Well, back in the day, blogging didn't exist. So I was thinking more like maybe I can freelance write newspaper articles, which I ended up doing, or magazine articles. And so I just think it's a very beautiful thing when we as moms can use those gifts and be able to bring in an income from home and still stay at home with our kids. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I think that so much of it, and we talked about this in our episode about your book, but your first book, but I think that so much of it comes down to really knowing yourself and your personality because I, you know, was in this group of friends. I've talked about them before and there were five of us and I was the spicy one and they're all sweet. (laughs) And, you know, I would go and I would be in their homes and I would just think like, these ladies are so good at this. Like they're so patient with their kids and they're so kind and they're so, and I wanted to just soak up everything they had to offer so that I could be more like them in all those good ways. But I also had to remember, but I, God has gifted them specifically and just being good at this, you know, like I, I'm thinking if he, he wants all of us, obviously, to be good moms. I don't want this to come out sounding the wrong way. It's hard to put into words. But I realize that I love my kids. I want to be a great mom to my kids. But I am not the same kind of mom that they are. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because God has given me 
other gifts and other things that are okay for me to pursue. That doesn't mean that I'm not being a mom anymore and I'm not pursuing that. I absolutely am. And a lot of these things, I'm doing it from home so that I can be with my kids. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to acknowledge the other things that God has gifted us in. And we need to be able to get past that guilt and, and do them well. Hey ladies, I want to take a second to talk to you about RX Bar Kids. Now you might be more familiar with just regular old RX bars. But the company knew that parents were sick and tired of having to compromise on the quality of kids' snacking options. They knew that parents expect the same high-quality, clean-label nutrition for their kids as they eat themselves, so they created RX Bar Kids, which is a clean-label snack bar made with high-quality, real ingredients designed specifically for kids. With egg whites, fruit, and nuts as the base, RX Bar Kids have absolutely zero added sugar, no gluten, soy, dairy, or bad stuff. They are a delicious, clean, and convenient snack that kids love. Now, I know for us personally, getting to try out the three flavors, chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, and berry blast, we quickly fell in love, and I keep finding new ways to sneak RX bars into our day. I always have a couple in my purse in case somebody gets hungry. Oftentimes, we'll grab them if we're having a really quick morning having to run out of the house and haven't had time to make a really great breakfast. I know that these RX bars are packed with such a punch of protein. My kids will feel full for hours, and their brains will be able to function well because they've been nourished well. I always slip them into my kids' lunches. They're a great snack to have in their backpacks or just when we're out on the road. I always like to keep them handy, and I think that you will too. So if you want to find them, you can head to your closest Target store or for 25% off your first order, you can visit rxbar.com lovely and enter the code lovely at checkout. Again, if you want 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com lovely and enter code lovely. It's one of those things where me personally, like, and I think you too, because we've talked about this, like we feel like we have to be all or nothing, Yeah. but we can do both, you know? Now I won't say, um, you know, you hear the, the words, uh, you can have your cake and eat it too. Like I do think it's a very hard balance being a career woman of any sort and being a mom. It, It is, it's definitely hard and you have to be really intentional and strategic with your time and very disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I have not always done it well. I mean, 2017 was like, (laughs) I look at that year and we talked before we go on the air and we were like, I told you, I was like, I think you should totally write a book, Mackenzie. Just don't write two in one year. And you were like, yeah, and have a baby the same year. I was like, yeah, that was really bad, (laughs) you know, professionally and personally, it was just a lot, you know, but Um, just right now, you know, I've been really focused on 2018, like planning my time better so that I, I don't have to give up staying at home with my kids. And I also don't have to give up, um, cultivating those gifts of writing and connecting and encouraging women that God has given me. Now, does that mean I can do every single thing that every single author does? No, you know, I'm in a author mastermind group and we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And a lot of those women do a ton of traveling and speaking. I mean, these are ladies that are kind of like, um, one step down from Sally Clarkson. I won't name yeah. them, but you, you would know, you, yeah. you've probably had some of them on your show. You've, you would yeah. know who these people were, um, that most of them are in their forties. 
and yeah. their kids are older and they yeah. do still have kids at home, but they're quite a bit older. And sure, I've got a couple books out there now and I could grow my platform more if I were to hop on a plane every other weekend and go speak and be in the media. And I'm, I am doing some of that this month simply because the book's coming out. But I, I've had to make that intentional decision that I'm only going to do so much at this time of my life because yeah. the point of being able to do that work from home is so that I can be there for my kids. Yep. I think there's definitely looking at your season and what you're capable of doing and also just not spreading yourself too thin with too many projects. Like we were talking with yours. I mean, you had two books and a baby. <laughs> that's that's a lot of big projects. That's but even right now I look at like, okay, I've got the podcast and Patreon and then I've got my voiceover stuff, which is kind of like a whole nother separate business all unto itself. And then it's like, I, you know, I've been fighting starting another blog. I'm like, I know I have to be realistic <laughs> with what I am. I'm barely making it with the amount of stuff I have on my plate as it is like as great as that would be. I can't, I can't do that or doing a YouTube channel or whatever, you know, other than the fact that my computer wants to blow up whenever I try to edit video. <laughs> no, wait, even my computer's like, you're doing too much. Stop. <laughs> but I think there is a certain amount of, you know, knowing yourself, knowing what you're capable of, looking at your season, you have to use wisdom in all those different areas to know what really is a good fit for you as far as adding other things to your plate to create more income. I mean, your mm -hmm. book talks also about the budgeting part of it, which is so important. But if you're going to be adding more income, you do have to take all of those things into account for sure. You absolutely have to. And I think we may have talked about this a little bit, maybe in one of our first shows we did together. But it's very easy to look at what people are doing online yeah. and think, oh, well, Mackenzie has four kids and she has a podcast and she does this and she does that. Like, and start to feel bad. Like if you're comparing yourself to those people online or, or yeah. look at Erin, she's got two books. Why all the, yeah. I just think that's hilarious because that's what like people have told me, people want what you have Erin. And I'm like, yeah, but my blog totally fell apart last year or yeah. it felt like it did while yeah. I was writing those books. Yeah. Just, I chose intentionally. I'm not going to let my, you know, my motherhood fall, fall apart, but that means other part of my business suffered. So yeah. what I would say, if you're listening and you have dreams of things that you want to do and you see those ways God has gifted you, don't let what you see other people doing online if they're in the same life season of you. I mean, Mackenzie and I are both in our 30s and see it as, oh, wow, like, why are they getting to do all that? And I'm not. Because yeah. you don't see the behind the scenes, you know, yeah. you don't see either the years that it, it, you know, it took us to working on things or you don't see like other people. I could say, well, so-and-so is like a year older than me, but you know, they're doing all these awesome things. Well, maybe so-and-so youngest kid is, you know, in third grade where my yeah. oldest is in third grade. And you just have to realize that every single family, every single person has different dynamics, has different, um, boundaries and different limits. And so I would say that's where it goes back. Do you really have to just pray and seek the Lord for yes. how have you gifted me and what's going to benefit my family the most and, and bring you glory, God. Yeah. And I think but, so much of that too is 
weighing out when you're looking at other people specifically, like what, what is being required of them also? Like what is their, their life stage, but what is being required of them? Like I was at the grocery store the other day and I was checking out and, oh, I know I was at Trader Joe's cause I was buying some different facial care products that we were going to be focusing on in the Patreon group in March. And so I was getting all these products and stuff and I mentioned, oh yeah, I'm buying them for my podcast. And the checker was like, oh, how, how do you find time to do a podcast with all these kids and everything? I was like, well, <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> like, I have to. So there's a certain amount of that too. It's like, well, yeah. I, I may not be pursuing things as hard as I am right now, but I got to do it because right. I got to get us out of my parents' house and I got to, you know, provide yeah. for us. There's just, I mean, there there's a certain amount of we you don't know or you don't always think of what all is behind the scenes with other people's lives or how much help they have or, you know, mm-hmm. it all looks very different for all of us. And somebody always is doing more than you're doing or like mm-hmm. it's it's being more successful for them. You know, it's like so easy on social media to be like, oh, my gosh, she's got 75,000 followers. I thought I was doing pretty OK with three. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what the heck? How do I make this grow? How do I you know? I mean, yeah. those are the questions that we all wrestle after and we have to somehow keep ourselves in check with all of that. Absolutely. Yeah shifting a little bit, there might be some people who are listening that might say, oh, that's all great, but I don't know what I could do to help bring in an income from home. I just want to know some like really quick fixes to how I can cut down my expenses a little bit so that I can have more breathing room or so I can quit my job to be home with my kids. And I think you and I have a lot in common. I know we do. And a lot of those frugal living things both of us have done in yeah. order to make staying at home a possibility along with creating more income from home. Yeah. So out of all of those things, Mackenzie, like what's what resonates with you the most that I talk about in my book that you're like, yep, this is what I totally do and everyone should do it. Well, I think I was just looking at Aaron's beautiful table of contents. <laughs> so the one that stuck out to me was the secondhand shopping, because mm. especially for my kids' clothes, I am like a diehard big consignment sale shopper. So every year we have two consignment sales, spring and fall, And I have like a whole method and route and plan when I go to these sales to get what I need in the most efficient way possible. And I try to get as much as I possibly can for the next season, like until the next sale. And Mm -hmm. that has saved me hundreds of dollars. I can usually outfit my four kids, like say for a wind at a winter sale. So getting their winter boots, their um, snow pants, snow jackets, all of that, I can usually do it for under four hundred and fifty dollars. Everything. Yeah, and that is awesome. Yeah, because I could spend just fifty dollars on one pair of boots if I didn't do it at the consignment sale. Oh, I love, I'm, I'm with you. I love consignment sales. And do you feel like they also save you money? I mean, save you time? Because I feel oh, like they yeah. save you time. Oh, absolutely. And I feel a little bit, did you ever watch that movie, um, The Prize Winner of Defiance, Ohio? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, girl, you've <laughs> got to go. You've got to go watch this movie. It's with Julianne Moore. And <laughs> okay. she is this mom of 10. And she, it's probably like back in the 50s. And 
her husband was kind of a flake. And so she would enter all these competitions to help provide for her family. So she would like call into radio shows and do all of this stuff to like try to win groceries and different things. And it's how she helped. And she won a, um, a grocery store shopping spree. And so it gave her like five minutes in this grocery store to get as much into her one cart as she possibly could. And so she created this whole plan where like first she stopped by the meat aisle and she got like the longest racks of ribs that she could and she lined her cart with them to make her cart like stand up higher so that she could fit more stuff inside the cart. Like do you understand wow. what I'm saying? Like, yes. So she, so she did that, and then she, like, she had her whole plan for how she was going to get stuff and how she was going to grab stuff that they normally definitely couldn't afford, so they could just try it. So she's grabbing like hearts of palm and like all these <laughs> random things that she normally wouldn't buy as she's racing through this store, and that's what I feel like at a consignment sale. I'm like, <laughs> I have my plan. I take my big old 2006 stroller and I line it with hangers to make it hold more and you know it's like I've got I've got my my mission and I'm on it (laughs) I've got to watch that movie it's Uh, so good that would have been a good one for me to have referenced in my book because it's like she was just super creative which is what I, yeah. I love is ways that we can be creative, either in, you know, curbing spending or creating more income so we can stay home with our kids. Yeah. So I will tell you, so let's say you have two boys and a girl. Two boys and, and two, two girls. That's what I meant. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I know you have four <laughs> kids. Two boys and two girls. So I don't know about you, but when I had like the same sex kid that I already had, I was just like, score. Yeah. I don't have to buy them clothes. <laughs> like, yes. I know that sounds so bad. And I know as they get older, they'll they'll have more new things. And our third daughter, like she does get a little bit more new stuff. Actually, I've had people give me hand-me-downs of her and say, we figured she probably doesn't get a whole lot that wasn't her sister's. Yeah. So it's like they feel sorry for her. It's yeah. funny because she actually enjoys wearing really worn out clothes, which is weird. Like That's we'll buy funny. her like a new pair of shoes because her pair of shoes is falling apart and she'll be like, nope, I'm not going to wear them. That's and hilarious. So, I'm like, yeah, they're totally going to do a shoe donation for the Odom family. Yeah. But <laughs> but my – so, like, what I do now when I go consignment shopping or just shopping in general, like clearance racks, whatever, but I prefer, like you, those big consignment sales, I literally basically shop for my oldest, who is my daughter, who is almost 10, and I shop for my little boy, who's a year old. And the middle two girls, we pass down stuff, but yeah. it's – I only really have to shop for those two. Now, do your consignment sales do the half price sales, like the half price days? They do. I don't normally go to them. I usually try to hit it on the very first, like, pre-shopping night. Okay. Because I want the biggest selection possible. Yeah. So what I usually do is go that first day, and I kind of assess everything they have, And if there's something I really, really, really like that I know is not going to be there, like, for example, like you said, snow boots. So like if you live somewhere where you get a lot of snow, like you're probably going to want to head and want to go ahead and get those really good snow boots the first day because it's probably not going to be there anymore. Like uh, baby items and stuff usually sell fast. But then if I notice that they have like an overabundance of things and I'm kind of like 
the shirts or jeans or whatever, it's like I'm neither here nor there, then I will also go back on half price sale day and really stock up on that day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good method. And me, I only go on that first night because it's usually hard for me to get a sitter twice, like in one weekend. So I will usually go just the one time, but I just, I, well, I have my method too. I, I mostly shop for my oldest girl and my oldest boy. However, the second in both gender is catching up in almost the same size as oh, their really? older <laughs> yes. Wow. So like things that my oldest daughter, she's two and a half years older than her sister. She was wearing things last year, like last summer, my, her sister is wearing them now. Like, wow. yeah, it's crazy. And it's the same way with my boys. So there's not as much like the hand-me-downs don't go as far as they normally yeah. would. I feel like. Because the the younger ones grow out of things faster than the older ones did. And there will come a time where they pass them up. And then I will feel bad about handing things down from the younger kids to the older kids. Yeah. (laughs) So that will come into play for sure. But I usually, I get a couple of things for the second boy and the second girl just so they feel like, oh, you thought of us. Yes. (laughs) But I, (laughs) I do get more stuff for the oldest. And I usually start with the girl stuff because while there is more stuff, it gets picked through faster. And Mm -hmm. so I do the girls and then I do the boys. And at our consignment sale, I don't know if this is that way at all of them, but we have big tables where you can go sort things out once you've put them in your cart. So I will just go through and even if I'm not sure about something, I will just grab it and put it in my cart because I know that if I don't like it, I can take it out later. So I just throw all the things in and then they have like return racks where they'll go put everything back for you. And Mm -hmm. so that makes it nice where I feel like, oh, maybe I'm going to find, because a lot of times they'll have like the same of a certain thing because it was the hot that season or whatever. And so everybody's getting rid of it at the same time. So I might find, you know, one pair of pajamas and then down the lane find the same pair of pajamas for half what it was. And so I don't care that I grabbed them both because I can just send the other one back. So my philosophy is grab it all and then Mm -hmm. sort it later. And then I just get out my calculator on my phone and I go through this major sorting process. And, you know, this is funny, but my eight-year-old, actually, he wanted to come with me to the last sale. I was like, dude, are you sure? Because this is like a bunch of crazy moms going through racks and racks of clothes, you know, one by one, finding everything. And he's like, no, mom, I, I want to be a part of this. I'm totally into it. And I should have known with his personality. He totally was. And he would keep me on track like, this is what we need to go find next. And like looking, hey, mom, do you think this would be a good thing for this kid? And he was just like my little shopping buddy. And he helped me sort everything. And I actually had a really good time with him and it was this so such an unexpected little bonding experience for the two of us so yeah it was fun even like standing in the lines and everything because they like wrap around the building by the time you're leaving and he was he was great so it was really fun to and he wanted to be part of that process of like picking things out for himself and everybody else and then also because he's the second boy he made sure he got the stuff he wanted Or there wouldn't have been as much, probably, if he hadn't been with me. (laughs) I did take my oldest daughter last time um, 
on the half price sale day because she is getting to that age and she's almost 10 where she's not going to wear everything I buy. And so I wanted her to see and kind of approve of what I was getting beforehand. But I did exactly like you. So we don't have tables. That's really awesome. We we just sit on the floor and you see people all over the building on the floor sorting through things just like you described. Get out the calculator so I know exactly what I'm spending before I get up to check out. And it has saved us so much money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a lifesaver for us for sure. And especially that winter sale, that's like the, the do or die. I have to get the winter stuff at the winter (laughs) sale because buying snow pants, boots, coats, and everything for the four kids, that's totally overwhelming if it were. Yeah. I bet. See, I'm in North Carolina, so we barely get snow. And so like, it's not as big of a deal for us. I would say the summer one's probably bigger because we have hot weather so much per year, you know? Hey ladies, this week's sponsor is PrepDish.com. If you haven't heard of PrepDish, their motto is shop once, prep once, enjoy healthy, stress-free meals all week. So basically what they do is send you a meal plan once a week, you go do all of your grocery shopping, and then you pick a couple of hours, probably on your weekend, to do all your prep work for the week. So you only have to spend five to 20 minutes each night getting dinner actually on the table. Their menus are gluten-free and they even have paleo options. They are super healthy and super delicious and man, are they a time saver. Living with my parents right now, my mom and I so value being able to get things prepped on the weekends. It makes the week so much less hectic and really saves us so much stress. And I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it too. So if you wanna give them a try completely free for two weeks, Go to PrepDish.com forward slash lovely. Use the code lovely and give it a try. See if it makes a big difference. I know coming into spring, things can be really crazy and hectic for a lot of people and we all need a little bit of a break. So give yourself this future gift and get your work done on the weekend. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. PrepDish.com forward slash lovely. With saving time, I love that basically I can shop for all of my kids' clothes in like two days a year or maybe four because I go to the half price sale. Yeah. So it's like these consignment sales, they last for like a week. So it's like just like how we talked in that other episode about how we like to just get our TV shows done, like binge watch them and then go on to whatever else. Like it's the same way for me with with shopping for the kids. It's like one and done, you know, that one day and then we'll be done with it. And, you know, for me, I'll go back to the half price, but. I just think that it saves me time from having to go. You know, I grew up with my parents shopping clearance a lot. And that is one tip I give in my book. And I do still occasionally shop the clearance racks. If I do shop new, it's clearance. But it takes more time. It takes a lot more time. You have to go to the stores often. Whereas with consignment, you just go and then you get it over with. Yeah, I like that you can get everything in one place and it really forces you to evaluate what your kids have, what they need, what you need to get rid of. You know, it really is that twice a year kind of forces me to make sure I'm cleaning out their closets and their dressers and switching over the clothes. And I like that it gives me kind of that deadline to do it by. Plus, a lot of times if I end up selling things, then I can also like curb how much I'm spending at the sale that way too. Absolutely. And that's another thing is that you want to do an inventory of your kids' clothes before you get there. Yes. 
just when you mentioned that it's kind of forces you to get rid of things and evaluate twice a year, like one mistake I've made in the past when I first started doing this is that like my eyes were bigger than my wallet and bigger than our closets. And I would just, especially with little girls, you know, I had three little girls in a row. And when you buy those little girl clothes, they're so cute. But then I had this tendency to overbuy. And so now, you know, really our son just turned a year old and people asked what, just what can we give him for his birthday? And I said, honestly, like he needs clothes for the spring and summer and people did, that's what they gave him. And, um, I don't even know that I'm going to really go consignment shopping except for our oldest daughter, because I'm like, you know what? I've done an inventory and he has all we need. And, um, then like you said, um, doing that inventory will save you time and money. And then if you sell some, it's almost like you're trading your clothes out. Yeah, exactly. With the inventory thing, I think that is so important. Like I have a detailed list of exactly what my kids need. And I just try not to pick up things that we don't because mm-hmm. there's you you can get away with you, from yourself, you know. And I think a good thing I a few years ago, I started binge watching families on YouTube who live in travel trailers. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but especially there was this one family and I would watch like how they would organize their clothing and stuff, which I think is really, when you look at somebody who's in an even smaller space than what you live in, it helps you think about how to make it work, even if you have more room and how we really don't need as much as we think we do. And so Mm. they would say they needed like 10 outfits for their younger kids because they would go through clothes faster or whatever, but their older kids could get away with like eight or nine. So like last summer when I went to the consignment sale and my daughter wears a lot of dresses in the summer, it's just easy to throw on. She likes having them on. They're cool, whatever, because we have pretty hot summers up here as well. We've got both extremes. (laughs) And so I just, I was like, I'm just going to only let myself buy eight dresses for her. And they were all like three bucks each, eight dresses. There we go. That's her summer wardrobe, you know, like a couple of T-shirts and a couple of skirts. And like we're she's done. I don't and it's not as much for me to store and keep up with. And when you actually limit yourself like that, it's actually so much more helpful just for laundry and practical everyday life, too. Mm hmm. Oh, absolutely. I love anything that can eliminate laundry. Yes. <laughs> and you're right. Just not overbuying. I, how old is your little girl that you do the dresses for? Again? Um, well, they both do it, but my five and three-year-old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I used to do that. And now my girls won't wear dresses anymore. It's Aww. so sad. Like they barely wear dresses. So my girls are almost 10, um, seven and a half and five and a half. And, um, the seven and a half year old out of all of them, I would say is like the most, uh, fashionista, like, but she even, it's like, they kind of all follow what the oldest one does. And so a few years ago she stopped liking dresses and our church is really casual. And like once in a while she'll wear a dress to church, but she mostly wears jeans and a shirt. And I'm just so sad that they're through that cutesy stage like I even had to get rid of their hair bows the other day because they never wore them like even the five-year-old who's not even in kindergarten yet because I think she's just kind of follows along with the older ones so I do love though how like you said the dresses like you just hang them in the closet they take up so much less space and they're just yeah they're just easy they're just everything about they just you just say go put on a dress (laughs) they don't have to find all the other components of putting together an outfit And I wonder, though, for my oldest, like, how long it'll take her. Because when we get back into the fall season every year, it's this big adjustment. Because I think she is a highly sensitive person. And she Mm -hmm. has 
an issue with like tight clothing. And so when she has to put pants on again and socks, it's like we go for months of like full on meltdowns of, oh my gosh, I've got (laughs) tidy pants on. Like they're driving me crazy. And so, but when in the summer, we don't deal with that because she just wears, you know, sundresses and she feels all free and easy. So I don't know. That could go on for a while. It's funny because my girls don't like wearing dresses in everyday clothes, but their school uniforms, they could wear like khaki or navy pants or khaki or navy skirts. And I actually prefer those for school. And I will say another blessing of consignment sales is that ours has a school uniform section and I've been able to get all of their uniforms secondhand. I do. I've, I've bought like maybe a couple that are new just to give them like one new thing from lands in or whatever. But I saved so much money because I've been able to find their uniforms already embroidered with the logo on it for less than it will cost for me to just get a logo embroidered at a consignment sale. And so that has been just a really huge blessing. My kids go to a Christian school and um, we've talked about in the past, like they're there three days a week in their homeschool, two days a week. Yeah. Well, it's a small school. So it's not like all of our town is looking for that stuff. So I am yeah. usually actually able to get those at the half price sale. That is so awesome. It saved me so much money to get like a $3 shirt that's already embroidered, but it would normally cost me at least five just for the embroidery. Yeah, that's awesome. How, I need to be telling our consignment sale people, <laughs> they need to be getting it together. Yeah, like they have a section dedicated just for school uniforms, and it is such a blessing. That's awesome. Well, I think those are some good tips. Hopefully, people are feeling like, okay, you know, there are things that we can do, even if it's just shopping at the consignment sales instead of buying, you know, all your kids, even at Target, the clothes aren't cheap, you know. So hopefully (laughs) these guys gave, or these ideas gave you guys some um, just tips for how to help with that. I don't know, but we would love to hear about your ideas and your tips as well in the Facebook group and be having conversations with you guys about how you're either making money from home or helping to to control the budget so that you are able to stay at home with your kids. And go grab Erin's new book. What a great Mother's Day gift, you guys. Be asking for that for Christmas. Just slip it into your Amazon cart and have it magically <laughs> arrive. It. I really hope it blesses people. So the whole shopping consignment, that was just one of 100 tips. So, yeah. And I, what I try to do with this book, Mackenzie, is that at the end of each of those 100 tips, I gave an action step. So that, you know, it's one thing to read, this is what I could do, but there's something else about, it's taking it to the next step when you actually put some action behind it. And so my hope is that like the book is one that moms could easily flip through when they're nursing their baby or when they're in car rider line or, you know, right before bed or whatever. But my hope is that maybe they will flip through it quickly, but then they'll also go back and digest it and really take action on those things so that they can give their family some breathing room or, you know, stop working outside the home and come home and be with their kids. Yeah. I love that. And good job on making it for sure. So let's talk about really quickly how we are currently cultivating loveliness in our life. So Mackenzie, I am cultivating lovely right now by having less Facebook time. Nice. And it's something that I know a lot of people struggle with. And I had to take extreme measures and delete the Facebook app off my phone. So I have no Facebook. I have no 
no messenger on my phone. And, um, I still have plenty of time on Facebook, um, to do what I need to do, but it's just not there anymore for the brainless scrolling, like in my bed or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so instead I'm able to spend that time on reading or watching TV intentionally, like we talk about in another episode, um, And, you know, spending time with my kids so that, you know, I already feel like I use my phone enough for text messaging and Voxer and I still check my email on my phone or Instagram, but Facebook was that one social media. I mean, not was, it is, it's that one social media that is just a major temptation for me. And so I took it off my phone and I definitely feel like it's cultivating loveliness in my life right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good one. Okay, mine is actually all your fault. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we did, I think it was the nightstand episode uh, for Patreon where you were talking about your Kindle Paperwhite. And I had some affiliate gift cards that were hanging out, and I hadn't been using them, just kind of been saving them up. And for Valentine's Day, the Paperwhite went on sale. And I was like, you know what? I It's really hard for me because I don't have a master bedroom or anything. I'm in there with my girls in the living room. And my daughter keeps getting to my book light and running the battery out. And Aww. so I can never read when I'm in bed at night. And I just want to be like chilling out, reading a book. And I could never do it. I was like trying to hold my phone light on a book. And so I decided, you know what? For Valentine's Day this year, I'm going to buy myself a paper white because all together with everything I needed, like I got a screen protector and everything, it cost me $17. What? And so I was like, no way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So That's I was awesome. like, I'm going to do it. And so I got myself a paper white. And then like a week later, Later, um, Ann Bogle, she sends out her Kindle deals email every morning. And in this one email, there were like four books that were all like a dollar or two dollars each. And they were all things that sounded really interesting to me to read. And so I got all four of those books and I've been reading so much more. It's really helped me to be so much more intentional about my reading. I keep my Kindle with me. Like if I'm in the car waiting for somebody at dance or whatever, I'm finding like those little moments. Plus I'm able to read at night, which I wasn't really able to do before. And like a couple months ago when I house sat, I had just got my Kindle and I read Surprised by Oxford in that one week that I was house sitting and it was the best book and it was exactly what I needed right then to just kind of be getting like wrapping my head around things that I've been going through and thinking about how God loves me and like accepting that he loves me and it was it's been such a blessing to me I know it sounds ridiculous but my Kindle Paperwhite is like my new little my new little bed buddy and my best friend and I love it girl that does not sound ridiculous I totally hear yeah. And if if anybody missed that episode, I think I mentioned that the Kindle Fire and like the other Kindles, they have the blue light that yeah. messes up your your sleep patterns, but yeah. the Kindle Paperwhite doesn't. So it's like the perfect Kindle. And if you are sleeping in the same room with someone that is bothered by light, it's just yeah. like 
this perfect solution because like I mentioned in that one, my husband hates for me to leave the light on. And so when I transitioned to that paper white a couple of years ago, my reading has just gone up so much. And it's part of that nighttime ritual. Like I just, I have to read something on my paper white every night. And I am so glad that you have one. I think it's awesome. I've just been so blessed by it. I love at first when I opened it, I was like, oh, it's smaller than I was expecting. But now I really like the size of it. And like, even I'll prop it up on the mirror while I'm drying my hair. I mean, like, I just have got it like all the time with me. So I am loving my paper white and it's all thanks to you. Yay. I am so glad. Well, hopefully some other listeners can get one too. We can start a Kindle Paperwhite before bed movement. Yes. Part <laughs> of like our evening routines. Yes. Or anywhere because it is small enough to fit inside a purse. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Erin, and we will talk again soon. All right. Talk soon. All right, ladies, I hope this was a really encouraging episode. If you might be in that position where it would be helpful if you helped your family to thrive financially or you want to be able to stay home with your kids, I hope this gave you some ideas and be sure to go out and grab Erin's new book, You Can Stay Home With Your Kids, to get even more fabulous ideas of how to make that happen. We'll have links to her book for you to be able to grab it in our show notes at boldturquoise.com slash 059. And as far as other announcements go, mark your calendars because coming up in just a couple of weeks on April 18th, I will be reopening the lovely homeschool course. So if this is something that you've been interested in or you missed out on it last year, we're going to be doing a big sale and promotion happening that week. So be on the lookout for that. Also, this month in the Patreon group, we are talking all about our wardrobes and how to find clothes that look good on us and and really wear the clothes that we have and maximize the wardrobes that we have. And we're talking about getting together and cleaning our laundry rooms and organizing them and getting them to be a space that's actually one you want to use and don't absolutely hate being in. So if you want to join us for that, be sure to head over to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. I do live videos every Wednesday morning in our Facebook group and I'm having so much fun getting to know those ladies as we work on our homes and take care of ourselves. Okay, ladies, as always, thank you for leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes. Next week, I will be back with another great episode. If you haven't noticed, we have switched to Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays, so that's when you can be expecting the show. And until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.